Hello, hello, hello out there. Welcome back to my channel. My name is Dr. Minister Cynthia Marie Whitney. Is even Mrs. Whitney is the singing teacher. I go by many names. Welcome back to my channel. The name of my channel is Be Aware of Your Thoughts. So I want you to go to Amazon because the holidays are coming and the book prices are, sla are slashed. Amazon have lowered the prices of many books and is so, so, so um, below its worth price but it's powerful 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 information see for yourself the best known uh, I would say testimonial is that the books are a dictionary for your life you can't go wrong peace and shalom remember it's under you can go under Cynthia Whitley on Amazon and see all the books have fun have fun shopping. Peace. I apologize, Daddy. My father's words. Often as I have written in my first book, Looking for Self in All the Wrong Places, I always said that my father wanted to write a book. Well, I have his mini notebook where he wrote several words of wisdom, and I will share with you in three parts. So first, let me say a little bit about him, and then I'll read his words. I am thinking of my deceased father today after watching the movie Fences with Denzel Washington. This movie is a great depiction of the aftermath of trauma experienced by African-American families coming up in the eras of the 50s and the 60s. My mother came to New York during the Great Migration from the South when Blacks were looking for a refuge and a better way of life. She married my father, who was born and raised in the Bronx, New York. My father became a semi-skilled factory worker in Brooklyn and quickly rose to be the foreman in the factory, which meant he was a member of a stable working class, while my mother tended to the six children at home. He also served in the military for 17 years of his life. However, we were still classified as poor and were eligible for welfare. Something new at the time, the welfare program. I saw his depression and his habits and moods, but did not understand his dilemma. I heavily judged him well into my adult years for his way of being. Now I deeply apologize because I felt as though I didn't love him. I ask your forgiveness, Daddy. I understand now and humbly apologize for judging you. I apologize, Daddy. I'm sorry I did not see or feel your trauma. I'm sorry that I did not see that you were a great man who loved and took care of your family with every fiber of your strength you had in your body. I am sorry that I did not see how great and compassionate you were as you tried to teach us how to play the piano. 
I am sorry I did not see the awesomeness of you taking all of the children in the neighborhood under your wing, leading the girls by teaching and playing baseball in the park with me and all my friends. You took the young teenage boys under your wing by teaching them how to play chess, keeping them out of trouble as long as you had them on the bench with you. You were entertaining and detaining them while showing them their strength. Skillful daddy. You were the only father doing that in our project area, at least in our section. Thank you for your intentional moves. You were a master strategic. I see it now. I could see that you loved all your children as you protected your son from joining the gang. Standing up to gang members all alone to let them know that they could not have your son as they left him alone. Thank you for so much more than I, that I have not mentioned. I love you. I know that I've never said it before, so I am saying it now. I love you and thank you a thousand times. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your storytelling. Remember the story you told us? It was called Doctor's Office Upstairs. Well, you were a doctor and I am a doctor now. And I am going to get a sign and post it on my house that says doctor's office upstairs. And I'm going to put it in the neighborhood and help the people in the neighborhood like you did. When I became an adult, whenever I came over to visit you and mom, you would say, sit down, sit down. Let me read to you what I've written. Either I wasn't listening or you read the same portion to me over and over again because I could have sworn that you were repeating the same paragraph over and over. I was too afraid to say to say that, though. You know, I wasn't going to go against anything that you were saying. As I reflect, and as I will share with you now, I'm talking to my listeners. In three separate episodes, you will see that my father... Haywood Hale Jr. Thomas, I am now putting respect on his name, wrote more than one paragraph, and he was indeed a wise and honorable man. I will tell your story now. As he sat by the typewriter, these are the words that he typed. Here I am sitting, pretending to know all about the scriptures. As I continue to read, it's the Bible which knows all about me. It tells from the very start where I came from, straight to where I am going. While at the beginning and in between, there is a story about why I am. Daddy's words continue. The answer to most questions is overlooked simply because I see just what is before my eyes. That is as it should be, for the Bible speaks to me through written words that enter my mind as the reader, unless, of course, I share what I read with someone else. <clears throat> Sorry, that was my cup. Falling. It is a private time in my life, he says, 
receiving instructions from God meant only for my heart, knowing what was being revealed. Exodus 20 reads, Thou shalt have no other gods before me, and it keeps presenting itself to me, he says. Having other gods before me was something I didn't understand. Right off the bat, I looked toward others to blame this type of sin on them. When all the while, this passage was for my benefit and not my brother, sister, or friend. <laughs> this makes me want to just sing a snippet. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother, not my sister, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Daddy continues. Reading the Bible is like God talking to the reflection I see in my mirror. In short, advising me not to love myself more than I love him. He knows that my ego goes to work once the mirror on my wall duplicates another me. That brushing my hair, trimming my mustache, and holding my awkward shape behind tailor-made clothes is nothing more than the making of a graven image. In addition, I have been programmed to believe fornication is in reference to sex only, when in fact it is also the forsaking of God and the worshiping of idols. This according to Webster's Dictionary. Idolatry, worshiping, Engraving images all fall, fall under the heading of fornication. That's all for now of his words. I will end here because the next piece of writing takes a turn. But take a little time to reflect on what you heard. Let it marinate. I'll just summarize the portion as it occurs to me with one sentence. And here it is. As you look in the mirror, go deep within your thoughts of what you see. Look beyond the image as you reflect so as not to make a graven image. Stay tuned for part two of I Apologize Daddy. Peace and shalom for now.